Welcome to Real Truth Real Quick. My name is Adam Tarno, joined as always by Todd Wagner. Hello, Adam. Hello, friends. All right, Todd, question is this. Can I count on the promise of Jeremiah 29-11? Well, the snarky answer is if you were a Jew living in 600 and something B.C., absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, but most people who watch this are not Jews who lived some 2,600 years ago. Yes. But it is one of the favorite verses for people to quote in the Bible. And you ask people what their favorite Bible verse is, Jeremiah 29 is going to uh, come up a lot. Yeah. So let's just quote what it says. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity. Plans to give you a future and a hope. And so why wouldn't that be one of your favorite Bible, right. Bible verses? To know that God has plans for you to give you a future and a hope. Um, and so here's what I would say to you. Some people are pretty militant that you should never use this verse and that the verse isn't intended for you. And in one sense, they're absolutely right. Jeremiah 29, 11 is given, as I said, um, through the prophet of Jeremiah to uh, the nation of Israel, specifically the two tribes in the south, Judah, which remained after the first time God really tried to get Israel's attention. So if you really want to um, know some just important things to make your Old Testament make sense, there's a few dates you really got to understand. One of them is 722 BC, because that's when Assyria um, really came down and was an instrument of God to bring discipline on Israel that had given their hearts to idols and had syncretized and become as much of a Canaanite people as Israelite people. Right. And so God was saying, listen, that's not going to work out well for you. I mean, I used you to bring judgment to that land, and now you're doing the things that caused the judgment to come to that land. And so Assyria came and pretty much wiped out the 10 tribes of the north, okay? And then as time went on, God raised up Babylon to basically be the world power, wiped out Assyria, and then Babylon was moving and had started uh, to bring judgment to the two remaining tribes. Hmm. And Jeremiah was one of the few prophets that was telling the, the kingdom people, the Israelites, that, hey, there's, there's no way you're going to avoid God's hand of discipline. All right, And specifically, what you need to know is what Jeremiah said in verse 10. So the verse right before this is what gives us so much context here. Mm. Uh, Jeremiah says this, Thus says the Lord, when 70 years have been completed for Babylon, in other words, for the next 70 years, Babylon's going to have its moment. He then says, I will visit and fulfill my good word to you to bring you back to this land. There were some false prophets that were saying, hey, you're not going to leave this land. Okay, um, everything's going to work out fine. We're going to kick the king of Babylon's tail. He's going to go back home, and we're going to be here. And, and, and Jeremiah kept saying, no, no, that's not the case. You're going to go to Babylon, and when you go there, you may as well start businesses and learn the language because you're going to be there. But I know the plans I have for you. Hmm. And they are, he says, plans for welfare and not for calamity, plans to give you a future and a hope. In 70 years, I'm going to bring you back, which God fulfilled yeah. when he actually raised up Medo-Persia, who wiped out Babylon, and then the king of Medo-Persia, Cyrus, began to allow the Jews to return, okay? Now, here's the question. Has God have a promise for me that my future is bright and that I have a hope? And the answer is yes, but you have to understand the context of this passage. The context of this passage is that there's a time of discipline coming to you, but God's going to do what he said he was going to do, when you, he gets your attention again. And so, honestly, we ought to know what verse 12 says because this is how to have a future and a hope that is filled with promise. This is what he says in verse 12. You will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Right. That's true of anybody. So if you want to have a future and a hope, 
all right? Come to God, call upon him, humble yourself, acknowledge you need a savior, acknowledge that maybe your wickedness isn't at the height of all of Israel's wickedness and its rebellion, but it's wickedness that needs a savior and that Jesus is your savior and seek him with all of your heart, okay? And when you do that, your future and hope is not in your next six months and maybe not your next 60 years, but your future and your hope is that your king is gonna come and when he comes to bring judgment on the earth, you that have believed in Jesus, right? So let's just quote John 5.24. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me, okay, does not come into judgment, but is passed out of, or does not, does not die, but has come out of judgment and into life. And so your hope is that there's gonna be a God, he's going to come, he's gonna judge sin, you're gonna be provided for in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and your confidence in him. And so your future and hope is that one day that you will reign with him. But between now and then, you just need to know this. Don't quote Jeremiah 29, 11 and think that your, your dating life's gonna get better, your financial life's gonna get better. This is not a verse for health, wealth, and prosperity. Right. This is what's true of some people that have sought God with all of their heart. I'm now gonna go to Hebrews chapter um, 11. And in Hebrews 11, this is what it says. It says that in verse 35, it says there are gonna be some people that are gonna be um, tortured and that won't accept release by, in a sense, denouncing Christ. They're gonna be remain faithful. And it says that they're gonna experience mockings and scourgings and chains and imprisonment. They're gonna be stoned, they're gonna be sawn in two, they're gonna be tempted, they're gonna be put to death with a sword, they're gonna go about in sheepskins, goatskins, and they're gonna be destitute, afflicted, ill-treated. And they're gonna be living in caves. Yeah. And they've got a future and a hope. Hmm. So what I would say with you to you is, I do think you can use Jeremiah 29, 11, but you need to realize that your future and your hope is not always in health, wealth, and prosperity in this life, there you go. but in an ultimate life to come. To a Jew, in 2,600 years ago, in 600 so BC, they could know that, you know what I should do before I get sent in exile? I'm gonna buy some land here in Jerusalem, get my deed on it, because I may not come back, I might be dead, but my grandchildren will have land here. Yeah. In fact, that's what Jeremiah did, and they thought he was crazy, but he believed the word of God. Hmm which is exactly what you should do. So quote Jeremiah 29, 11 to your heart's content, but just know the context is God's gonna restore you after judgment. As a believer, you don't know that it's gonna necessarily get worse for you, but you shouldn't use Jeremiah 29, 11 to assume it's always gonna get better before ultimately the promise comes. And our promise is not in this life, but in the life to come. I love it, great answer, Todd. Be sure to look at those show notes for other helpful resources. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll talk to you guys again next week. Hey friends, thanks for watching that episode of Real Truth Real Quick, where I try and give answers to life, leadership, and the world we live in. We love doing this because it's a great way to push forward biblical truth and equip the saints. Hey, do us a favor and subscribe to our channel, which you can do by hitting up YouTube, or just hit the link in the show notes below.